He's smart, but he's not as smart. <laughs> Episode 29 of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. This is Brian. I'm Kara. And 29 is basically the last year where people kind of pretend that they're young. And then when you get to be 30, you're supposed to be a grown-up for some reason. I don't know. That was the... Well, I'm Gen X, so that's kind of the pressure that we had. You turn 30, you're supposed to have your act together. Not that we did. Not that anybody did. Man, that's... I don't even know the age I'm at now, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) We're here with everybody again. We've got the dogs in a down turn where they're kind of feeling like a nap but logan is again in her plastic bin with a puppy pad in it mm-hmm. and every once in a while a fly will go in there and she'll try to catch it <laughs> it's really funny yeah she's growing she's getting so big so fast when her feathers come in completely we're gonna put her outside but she oh, still right. is a very people-oriented bird I mean, technically, it's warm enough outside where she can be outside, but how do we put her outside by herself? We haven't been able to integrate her. And we have, like, the little chicken enclosure where she wouldn't be able to escape, but put her in there by herself all day is kind of cruel as well. So Yeah, we have to have some way of getting her attached to the others. Uh, I can't have her walking around because she'll walk through the fence or she'll... I don't trust the other birds yet. I mean, there's a lot of... That's kind of the trick is the smaller breeds of bird, they they have to get older before they can no longer walk to the fence. Whereas a pecan very quickly can no longer walk to the fence. So Yeah, it takes them a couple weeks, but... Yeah, so the smaller the breed of bird, the more time you have to think about. That's a two two inch by four inch grid. She'll go right through. Yeah. Or she so, follows me around and the goats get chaotic. She might get trampled and it's just it's just asking for trouble. Yeah. Can't so, put her in my pocket. She'll poo everywhere. So. Yeah. <laughs> I still, every time I see a duck in a video, like how many times that duck poo and they had to clean it up and start over. I was holding her the other day and just all over my shirt. Like, I've been lucky so, so far. Gross. She's put on me twice now. You you hold her more than I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this duck is going to be very. She's going to be more like Bray. Yeah. She's very people oriented, but hopefully she'll make friends and form a clique when she gets into general population. Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe she'll be friends with little Ren because. She's the youngest out there. There. Is Ren still... Ren's not following Mama anymore, is she? She does. And then she gets distracted. And then Delphin and Nas will start yelling. But Ren is like, whatever, Mom. Yeah, there's a, there's a phase where first the ducklings are just completely following the Mom. And they start to gradually break away, much to the great frustration of the Mom. <laughs> Yeah, it's very frustrating for them. So today's topic is just going to be generalized farm work. As we're recording this, it is Labor Day. We recorded two this weekend because... Next weekend we're not able to. Yeah, next weekend's a cheese festival. And and really I was trying to get ahead. I wanted to be at least a week ahead. And I've been trying to edit this thing before Thursday. So it can go out Friday. So we're doing two. The general topic is just the kind of stuff you have to do when you have a farm. Now, we, we now have five dogs, which is something that doesn't... I don't recommend. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good idea. The, the reason we have five dogs is because one of them is 17 years old, and the next two that are younger than him are 10 and 12. And, and eight. 10 and 8. Sorry, sorry, 10 and 8. Jeez, just add a couple of years. I just <laughs> added. No, I, I gave Castle four years. Oh, jeez. That's Poor harsh. <laughs> but uh, Finney's 10, Castle's 8, and Kara wanted another generation to be coming up behind him. So now we've got two dogs that are less than a year old, 
Aberdeen and Scotland, puppies. Uh, and that only happens in rural areas. You don't tend to have that many dogs if you're in a city. Unless you're a hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would be cats. Well, they're dogs, too. So but dogs require a, a good bit of maintenance. <laughs> we have puppies who still kind of want to use the puppy pad and don't want to go outside. And we have an old man who does want to go outside, but he doesn't always make it. And his eyesight is not great. He'll bump into things and then recognize the object he bumped into, and then he'll know which way to turn to get to the door. So we have the lights cranked up for him because he, he can still kind of see basic shapes, but he needs a lot of light. And then he still is navigating by memory. So we cannot move any furniture downstairs, really. Yeah, which is annoying because I love to move furniture. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's almost blind, uh, and he's already deaf. But he's still trucking. He was eating grass patty this morning. So whenever Brian mows the lawn, there's like leftover grass that just piles up. And then he goes to town on them. She calls it grass patties. <laughs> because he comes in with his mouth covered in grass. I'm like, dude, <laughs> gross. <laughs> so we wake up in the morning. It tends to be very early. And, of course, the dogs want to push it. The dogs want to get out a little earlier than that, uh, sometimes because they want to pee, sometimes because, in Finny's case, she's just a morning person. That's the 10-year-old dog. Even if Finia does not need to pee, she's excited for the brand-new day. Yeah, she's the only one out of the whole family. Morning people. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Maybe the birds are, too, but... I mean, we always get up early, but we're not like, yay, we're up early. It's a brand new day. It's awesome. You're like, all right, all right. So we, you know, we bring the dogs all downstairs. I have to carry the old man and the youngest puppy to make sure that they both get out the door. Um, Scotland doesn't want to do things outside quite yet, but if he's out there long enough, he will. Yeah, he's like three months, so it's tricky. It's a tricky age. Yeah. And he's not as smart. He's smart, but he's not as smart. Aberdeen's super smart, but she's stubborn. So it's kind of like Aberdeen is ex extremely distracted. Yeah. And, you know, squirrel, like that kind of thing. She's smart, but she's easily, easily distracted. <laughs> and, yeah, Scotland's a, a bit different. He's yeah. a good little guy, though. Aberdeen chews up the paper puppy pads, so we have a mix of paper and a mix of the fabric, which are great, but washing them is a pain, but, I mean, they're better for the, for the environment. The environment thank you. Basically a washable yeah. puppy training pad. Yeah, especially since I had to throw out most of the rugs, and poor Devlin's been slipping and sliding, so I just put those down instead of rugs. Yeah, those are our rugs now. So I let them out. And if I want to run on the treadmill, after I get the dogs, I bring them back in, I feed them. If I want to get on the treadmill, that's my time. So after the dogs are fed, I hop on the treadmill for a while. Um, if I don't feel like doing that, I start breakfast, coffee. Um, Kara, depending upon the day, might come down after the coffee's made. Or she might have been there in the kitchen for a couple hours, depending upon whether it's a bake day. Yeah, uh, it's hard, like on the even on bake days. But I, we don't have to be somewhere at a particular time. I like to get a little extra sleep. And last night was tough because I took trying to figure out my allergies. I had an appointment in October, but that's October. Right. Or, barely in September, and my Allegra is just, it's not cutting it, so I took a Benadryl last night, and I just, I couldn't wake up this morning, so that probably won't be a regular thing. But I the rest say. was necessary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So but, we, we go through all that, and depending upon the time of year, the sun comes up at some point, right? You're going to base your entire day around the sunrise and the sunset. So right now, the sun comes up at about 6 there's enough time for, like, me. if I hit the treadmill, I might come in, have a quick breakfast, but then the sun's coming up, so I have to go out and let everybody out. And because we have ducks, there's a lot of water to distribute. 
uh, all the little, um, we have these rubber tubs that, um, that have handles on either side. I'll, I'll see if I can get a link to it and put it in the description so you can see what I mean. But they hold like, I don't know, three and a half gallons, I think. And we have those placed around. We use those in winter. Great thing about the rubber stuff is in the winter, when it freezes, you just flip it over and kick it. You just kick all the ice out. It doesn't damage anything. Yeah, it won't break, so it's pretty great. Right. So fill those up and got to let animals out. Like the building in the front where the, the ducks that have some kind of medical issue uh, or a bad leg um, in the levelish part of the property. I go up there, let them out, clean up their house real quick, fill up whatever tubs and buckets they need. Uh, Got to let the sheep out, fill a few more tubs. There's a lot of tubs to be filling with water. There's a lot of water. If you're going to have ducks, you're going to be spending so much time dealing with water because yeah. they'll muck it up so fast. You'll have to feed feed it every day. I, I wouldn't have a giant pool. I would have a bunch of little things. Yeah, we tried the giant pool. It did not work out. Yeah. It was, now, it was too much. Unless you have a pond, then good for you. Yeah. Now, the pond has to be large enough. You can't have, like, too many ducks for the size of the pond. It has to be big enough that nature will take care of it. Otherwise, you're going to be, like, if you dug the pond yourself with a plastic liner and all that stuff, depending upon the size of it, Nature might not be able to take care of it. The ducks may overwhelm it, and you'll, you'll be filtering that pond yourself and cleaning it out yourself. And yeah, we have nightmare. too many ducks for our ponds. Yeah, it would have to be... It'd have to be a lake. Yeah, well, <laughs> well I mean, pond as in a naturally occurring large pond, <laughs> rather than something we dug ourselves. Yeah. So anything that we dig ourselves, any water feature, they're going to uh, dig in the mud for bugs or whatever, rinse their mouth out in the, in the water. It's going to be mud water. They're going to swim in it or, or get into it to sit and poo in it. Uh, so it's going to be yucky, yucky water before you know it. Seemingly in the blink of an eye. Like you just filled it, it's clean, and now it's not. There's a lot of chores with that. You might hear... We have snoring and surround sound right Aberdeen is Aberdeen is mercifully asleep. She's the puppy that's like 85% pug. And maybe 15% beagle, maybe. She's almost entirely pug. So she snores like a pug. But she has enough nose that we're not worried about her airway. She's, but she still has that character. Uh, anyway, all the water features for the ducks. We do recommend the collapsible, foldable PVC pools. Because uh, when those are done, when the winter's done, we're not going to leave them out there. We're going to clean them up, fold them up, put them in the basement. And the ducks love them because, unlike the kiddie pools, they can actually, you know, dangle their feet and dunk their heads deep, and they love them. the things are 12 inches tall, so yeah. it, it looks like a above-ground pool that people use, but smaller, obviously. And they got um, little duckies on them. Yeah. <laughs> because I had, to get, I had to get, they have different ones, but I had to get the duckies. <laughs> and be careful because you have to have a way for the ducks to get out of those because it is 12 inches tall. I put a, um, a cinder block in there, like a, a, a low height cinder block, and then put a half a cinder block on top of that to make stairs. And I'm very careful when I put them in because I don't want to tear or scratch or mess with the PVC liner. You're going to have water features. You're going to need like a level-ish place. If you don't have that, you're going to have to make it with some retaining wall bricks and some rocks or something to kind of make a shelf. You're going to have to have some kind of ramp that they can get in there, which we built with more bricks and things. There's just so much to do with ducks dealing with water to make sure that waterfowl can have water, their, have, water <laughs> have a natural environment. Yeah, and um, it gets stinky and gross, so you got to... We have a schedule, although sometimes I miss a day. So, But the kiddie pools basically do every day unless we're super lazy, but normally every day. And then these big pools, we do like a three-day rotation. And this is because we have lots and lots and lots of ducks. If you have yeah. just a handful of ducks, you might not have to do all this. Yeah. You yeah. might you might have a kiddie pool that lasts two to two or three days if you have just one or two ducks. Well, you got to have more than one, but... Well, yeah, but if you have... I think we have a total of 50 now, including oh, Logan. 
<laughs> We're up to 50 ducks. Yikes. Okay, so much of the farm revolves around the ducks. Yeah. <laughs> um, after I do the water features and stuff, when I'm walking around, if sunrise is happening, all the birds are fussing to get out because they're driven by light. So the the chickens are going to be bok, bok, bokking, the ducks are going to be quacking, and I'll just go and I'll let them, I'll open the doors and let them all out. Uh, for the chickens, it's pretty simple. You just open the door, they come out. For the ducks, the duck house, when you open it up, it's very, very humid in there uh, because, as we've discussed, a lot of people don't feed their ducks inside their house. They feed them outside, and they feed them in the evening, and they put them to bed. And then your duck house is going to last a lot longer. For us, we have everybody in the same pasture, basically. Yeah. And if bird food is out, goats are going to eat it. So we can't feed the ducks during the day. And, and that also means that they forage more. They eat more bugs. Yeah, it keeps them busy during the day. So. Yeah, between the ducks and the, and the chickens, we haven't really had a tick problem this summer. No, not that one. There have been a couple in the beginning of the season, but I've checked every day and I haven't seen. Yeah, the birds are taking care of that. Uh, it's not always 100%. You might see one or two, so you still should check for ticks yeah. if you're in the Northeast. Uh, but it's not going to be anywhere near the problem if you have birds on the property. And everyone's like, oh, you have ticks, you should get guinea hens. Guinea fowl, yeah. Guinea fowl, but eh, people complain about them. The only usage they have is to get ticks, but they're loud, they're ugly, and they're not nice, I've heard. so. Right, so chickens <laughs> also get ticks, and ducks get ticks. Yeah. No, they're not as good. Like, you will need more chickens than guinea fowl to get the ticks. You'll need more ducks than probably even chickens. To get the ticks. So you're basically... And it depends what breed of duck, too. There are some really good forager duck breeds. Yeah, so no, basically nobody's going to be as good as guinea fowl. But, okay, so you get, instead of like three or four guinea fowl, you get six or seven chickens. And it'll get taken care of. You don't, I mean, guinea fowl are the experts. They're the best, but you don't need the best. Just, yeah. you're going to be much happier with chickens. Or duck. Or ducks. <laughs> chickens are lower maintenance. I know some people may think chickens are high maintenance, but when you have ducks, chickens, by comparison, are much lower maintenance. Yeah. Their, their personalities are not as vivid. They're not. I mean, they're, some of our chickens have big personalities and are more social. Like our newest batch, we have eight newbies. They've been with us since May, and they're still... They don't, they don't really like us, I feel. Yeah, they're not at the point where they're laying eggs. They're still... But that's you know. not even... A, they but just don't like us. They're like, also in a farm with, like, bunches and bunches <laughs> of birds. But Cochin's were supposed to be, like, super nice and sociable, but ours are just, like... Well, if we didn't have 50 ducks, I think we'd spend more time with the chickens and bond with them. Spend time more. with them. But there's... The chickens are walking around. There's so many ducks. The goats come running past. they got to look out for that. Yeah. You know, so basically, I have to I have to let out the ducks and the chickens, and then I have to go get their food. Whatever food's left in their bowl, I have to dispose of it. So I get the wheelbarrow, and any any straw or hay rather that's on the ground or on the feeder, I scoop that up with a snow shovel. Actually, toss it in the big wheelbarrow, and. I, uh, I have to clean out the poo on the shelves that the chickens have been perching on. and But the main the main initial thing is to get the food out of there. Because once I clear all the food out of both birdhouses, then I can let the goats out. Because the goats, as soon as they're out, they're going to go look for bird food. Yeah, it's like their favorite, even though it's toxic to them. It's crazy. Yeah. If you have everybody... No, no. It's not toxic as in they touch it and they die. It's toxic as in... If they eat a bunch of it. If they eat a bunch of it. So you're trying to keep them away from it. But if they get a little bit, it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. It's just if they get into the bird feed, you're like, all right, I've got to change what I'm doing so that they cannot do this again. Because you know, if they got enough of it, it would be a problem. But if there's like leftover specks in a bowl and the goats get to it, I'm, I'm not really stressed about it. I just kind of change my patterns. 
once the goats are out, we, we actually, because we're a five-star hotel and we spoil them, we have Timothy grass pellets that we get from Tractor Supply. And I have eight bowls. She used to try to do a bowl for every single goat, but no, we've got <laughs> 18 goats now. So there's eight bowls, and I put a little bit of fat in each one, spread them around, and the sheep start eating from them because they're out already. They sheep, get theirs too. They get breakfast in the morning. Yeah, they do. But then, but then by the time I've let the birds out and everything, the sheep are poking around. The sheep are just not as aggressive on things as the goats. I really don't have any trouble with the sheep trying to eat the bird food and trying to bust into the chicken house and all that stuff. Yeah, the sheep are so mellow compared. Like, they, they'll play and run around, which is adorable. They kind of mind their own business. They just do their thing. <laughs> do the sheep thing. Whereas the goats are, like, all up in your business all the time. Uh, the personality is very different. So once I got the, the food cleared out, in the wheelbarrow, I, I, I take the um, the bedding that I scooped up out of what we call the hotel, the little duck house in the front of the of the property. When we clean that, we put it into a five-gallon bucket, just the bedding, and we jam it in a five-gallon bucket. So I take that back with me, and any bird food that I've dumped in the wheelbarrow, I dump that other bedding on top of it so the goats aren't tempted. And then after everybody's out running around, I take the wheelbarrow down to our compost pile, toss it in. You're going to be doing this if you start a farm. This, All this stuff, you're going to have your own system for it. Yeah. But I'm just describing the kind of stuff that is every morning. <laughs> so I dump that stuff in the compost pile. Now everybody's out. Now I'm I'm getting the water bowls and everything out of the duck house because, you know, we, we give them food and water overnight. That's why the place feels like a sauna. Uh, Kara ordered... Uh, an exterior, it's an evac fan. Uh, it's meant to be put into a house. It's solar powered. It's, oh, it's yeah, it's meant to go into a wall. Like the instructions and stuff, they thought you'd be drilling through brick. So I made these wooden frames to go outside the windows in the duck house. And basically I, I put a piece of plywood on the left side. I have hardware cloth and screen on the other side. And I have the fan in there. So just screwed it in over the window. And now there's an evac van fan. As soon as the sun comes up, it is pulling air out. And it's mounted above where a lot of the water is. So it helps dehumidify the place. Yeah. If only there was like a solar dehumidifier or a battery, like a real... A real dehumidifier. A real dehumidifier. Yeah. It's tough. It takes a lot of power. So... You'll also get familiar with how much power things take as you look for solar options and battery-powered options. Uh, you want to get things that are low-maintenance. You don't, Like right now, we're running around. We've got Ryobi fans, and we're running around with batteries all the time. Um, it's part of the routine. Like in the morning when I let everybody out, I do a full sweep, and as I go to their house, I take, up, take the batteries out of their fans, toss them into the gorilla cart, that I'm dragging around, um, and, and then event, and then once I get everybody stable and everybody's cool, I just start cleaning the houses. So I clean the the duck house and then I clean the sheep house, and it's just you're shoveling up the bedding that's bad that they've peed on or pooed on or something, and you're scooping that up and putting that into a wheelbarrow and taking that over the compost pile. And depending upon how you got your property laid out, you if you're lucky enough that, you're, that you've got enough money that you're planning all this and you're building all this, you're going to want to write down what animals you're going to have and where their houses are going to be. Preferably, you're going to have separate pastures where they're kept and you can maybe move them from one to the other. But for a lot of us, you get a property and you turn it into a farm, which means the locations of things are not really in your control. Um, we're not going to be able to have multiple pastures until we can clear out a lot more land. I mean, as it is, we've got basically two. We've got what we call the dog pasture, which is just the backyard that was originally fenced in. And then we've got the other area that we fenced in where we keep the goats and chickens and ducks. And we have a gate between them that we leave open all day and they all wander back and forth. But if, if we had 
And this is something you're definitely going to want to do. If we have tree removal or some kind of landscaping happening in the main area, we can shoo everybody over to this side, to right behind the house in what we call the dog pasture. And then close the gate, and then the guys can come and go and do their work. You definitely want to have a place to put your animals when you have workmen over because they're going to look at your land when they give you the estimate and they're going to think, how much of my day is this going to take? If they have to bring equipment in like a truck or if it's tree removal, they might have a big old wood chipper that's on a trailer. Uh, not a trailer, but basically attached to the trailer hitch of a truck. They might need to bring all that stuff in through your main gate. And are you, you're, Do they have to leave that open or close right behind them? Or are the goats going to run out? Just kind of figure out a way to get your animals away or to some other place so that people can do work on the property. Definitely need to worry about that. Yeah. So to sum up, my morning involves you know, getting the dogs out for their first morning business, getting them fed, going out and letting the animals out of their houses. And I have to do a certain amount of cleaning because of the goats, as I've said. And then I clean basically three of the animal houses. The, the hotel up front, which is not that bad. There's not a lot of ducks in there. It's pretty easy to do. And then the duck house, which is, it needs more because it's always humid in there because of the water. Ducks splash a lot. And then the sheep house because it's a little further away and I don't want Kara to drag. Uh, I got her a smaller wheelbarrow, but I don't want her to drag that all the way over to that. So I take care of that. And that sounds like a lot, and it is. But that's not even all the work. That's not even, we're not even done. Uh, because now either Kara is on a ba on a non-baked day, she'll eventually, if she has her coffee and stuff, she'll come out and start doing her work. On a baked day, she's been up since a crazy early hour. And then after all of that is done, she's still going to come out. And do, so what's your routine when you finally leave the house? So let's say a non-baked day. I take that that morning, like I've declared Sunday is a non-baked day. So I have my coffee. Say I wake up at 5, to be modest. Wake up at 5, have my coffee, watch a show with the dogs because they need attention too. Well, first I check on Logan, make sure he, she has food and water, the duck, and then coffee, dog, and then about, I usually only get to sit for a total of 20 minutes because either Devlin needs to go out and it's too dark or cold to leave the door open yet, so he needs to go out, or Aberdeen and Scotland are being troublemakers, so I need to break up. Some sibling rivalry. Rival, rivalry. Yeah. They're horsing around too much. It's, they, yeah. It, it, well, it escalates and then it starts to sound bad and we break it up. So I so. really don't get to enjoy 30 minutes of peace and quiet coffee time. And then that would be a great time to, you know, sit down on my phone, look at emails that happen overnight. Maybe place a couple orders, but it never works out that way. Notice how we're not even talking about <laughs> taking some time to yourself to actually relax and enjoy something. Yeah. She's already <laughs> thinking about work that she could be doing and ordering things. And, yeah. um, and having dogs at such a wide range of ages. There's somebody's, something. And there's five of them. Somebody's going to need something. So then... As soon as I finish the second cup of coffee, which I barely, I don't even finish the second cup, let's be honest. It just sits and I forget about it. I start housework because it's the only time that I don't feel as guilty because he has been outside with the animals and I don't feel guilty doing like cleaning bathrooms or vacuuming or changing sheets, stuff like that. I haven't put away the laundry. That is like... The biggest chore I'm the most worst at. We should abolish putting away the laundry. <laughs> it's just... We'll both just dig to the hamper. It's it's too hard because I the way I do it is I lay out piles on the floor, but then Aberdeen and Scotland 
Uh, they grab things. They grab things. So half this is the a time, new problem. Half the time I'm chasing them to get the clothes back and like, do I rewash it or can I just put it away? If we're dragging, if we're digging through the hamper to get a pair of socks and you get one sock and you put it aside, you start looking for the second sock, first one's gone. Yeah. One of them's taking it to another room. So you have to like, so, and this is our fault for getting so many dogs. I mean, Dublin was that way too. He loved underwear. He would, he would climb the hamper and It's part of having a a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's on a non-bake day. Bake day. I do my business. I usually, it depends on the day, I usually finish, I don't know, 10, 30, 11, when I start at like 1 in the morning. So, and then I get outside, I check on all the animals first. I say my good mornings and check on everyone, make sure they're all here and good. And then I start cleaning the I usually start with the goat house. Well, first I finish up the duck house. There are, there are like these mats that we put their food and water on that sometimes don't get scrubbed as well as I'd like. Basically, I drag a snow <laughs> shovel across them and to pull all the stuff, like the, the wet, still damp bedding off of it. And her OCD requires that they be much cleaner than any farm would typically have them. Yeah, so I like, we have these cool scrubby, squeegee, they're like a squeegee part broom thing I've gotten from Walmart. I know, Walmart, but they do make some cool stuff that are inexpensive. So we have a bunch of those. They're easy to sweep wet or dry stuff. So I finish that up, I clean off the mats, and I clean under the mats. And if the dishes are really gross and I just can't stand looking at them, then I start cleaning those as well. Tomorrow will be that day. When she says dishes, she's talking about the rubber bowls that they drink water from. Yeah, and the bus and tubs that the waters are in. The, the Yeah, there, there's, there's rubber bowls they drink water from, and two small ones fit into one bus tub and the bus tubs are there so that when they splash they don't splash on the floor and their food is on these boot trays that we get from Home Depot and the entire point of all this is before we put them in there Kara painted the floor with this exterior paint it's really like heavy-duty paint we're desperately trying to protect the floor and the the duck house is a building that predates us it was there already uh we're we're not gonna keep it forever we're eventually gonna demolish it so it's become our experimental building yeah but every season i should really repaint the floors of all these houses but this season it's been raining it has i've been too busy or now it's too hot it's freaking september and it's like 85 degrees. So it's it's really tough with the growth of a farm that there's only two of us <laughs> and the work is there's a lot of work. And due to the way we do business now, she has deliveries that I have to do in the morning so I don't have every day to spend a lot of time working on stuff before I log into my day job. So things are going to have to be done differently. The time is there. I just have to I have to adapt to the new setup. And it hasn't, it's just recently kind of stabilized. And meanwhile, in the all summer, the weather's been all over the place. Yeah. It's a problem. It's almost as if the weather was specifically designed to activate all of your allergies, too. Yeah, so I've been fighting with bad weather comes allergies, which I know a lot of people can commiserate with. But this year has been especially bad. Knock on wood, my migraines have been not as bad, but I feel it's I feel like it's because everything else was so bad <laughs> that maybe I didn't even realize. Like, I've had migraines, but I, I always work through them. There's been a couple days where I just couldn't, and I had to lie down. I'm like, I work through them, but then, then I need to lie down. Like, I do the job, and then I just, I can't. So... 
or it takes me a little longer in the morning to get activated, basically. <laughs> so the the duck, she goes and touches up the duck house. Oh yeah, so the duck house, and then I go and clean the goat house, because that usually takes the longest, it's the biggest house, and they're messy. Or if the goats are in there, it, it's hard to clean around them. And it takes Kara a little longer now because she used to... We have a giant wheelbarrow. It's the kind of thing where you're tempted to put a bunch of stuff in there and the wheelbarrow gets heavier than you expect. And for me, uh, physical strength is basically my contribution to the farm that I can lift heavier things. So I can do that wheelbarrow, but it was bothering me that she was using that with her hand and she kept saying that she was fine, she was fine, but she always says that. So I bought a smaller wheelbarrow that was lighter and the center of gravity was over the wheels. So you tilt it to dump it. And it's you, you don't have to like lift the entire weight of all the stuff that's in the wheelbarrow to get it up on the wheel. You just tilt it. And the so, way I clean the house, I use one of those dog pooper scoopers. Like It looks like a, a little... What do they call those? It's like a scraper and a Scra dustpan. Yeah, a scraper and a dustpan. But it's on a stick. Like you're standing up and you're holding two sticks. And at the end of one stick is a scraper. On the end of the other stick is a dustpan. Because I don't have the strength to do a shovel or anything heavier than just that. So it takes takes me a bit of time. So she has to yes. do that and put the bad bedding into a smaller wheelbarrow and walk down to the compost pile and then walk back to the goat house. So depending on the day, if it's not raining, I can get away with like three trips to the compost pile. If it was raining, it's either four or five trips. And then, so I do the goat house and then I do, and then I also, once a week, I try to dust it's hard to dust when it's summer or raining, or not summer, but hot and raining. But I try to get cobwebs off. So each house I go through, like one day a week, each house I go and do cobwebs with a broom. So that's always fun. The goats are afraid of a broom. So are the chickens. So that's fun. But, and then I do the chicken house. I usually... Uh, use method that you get from Target because it's like safe for the animals and clean with paper towel like they're, they're yeah the cleaner stuff oh that's the name of the cleaner yeah the name of the cleaner is method Wait. I use a nice scent because chickens are gross and they're stinky so even though he scrapes the shelves off I go back and I clean them up <clears throat> with cleaner or if it's summer and it they're really bad. I hose them off, but they still kind of need a cleaner. On Basically, them. I <laughs> scrape the poo off because she doesn't want to deal with the poo. Because it stinks so bad. So I basically <laughs> prep the area for her to clean it. Yeah. And when she talks about hosing something down, we bought these rubber uh, stair step covers. They're like, it's like a, a flat rectangle of rubber and it, there's a lip on the end. And you're supposed to put it on some stairs and then screw it into the stairs, and it provides some traction on wooden stairs. But we use it for the shelves because our ducks don't have, oh, sorry, our chickens don't have ladders or sticks. They actually perch on shelves. Yeah, the shelves were already there, but in the secondary coop where the new chickens sleep, he put the shelves up. So yeah, we just decided to go with shelves. And I know most people just be like, oh. Well, to clean a, a wooden shelf, you to really clean it, you have to like sand it down and then clean it. Who has time to sand down a shelf every day? I mean, yeah. come on. Well, because she, she well, would. Most people would not clean it every day, let's yeah. be honest. But it So she puts gross. these rubber stair step <laughs> cover things on all the shelves and they they catch all the poo and you basically have something that once I've scraped all the major stuff off, she can just pick that right up off the wooden shelf and... And the wooden shelf isn't perfect. It still gets a little dirty over time, but yeah. much slower. And so you can scrape it. We use, we use like one of those. So we have two tools. We use dustpan, of course, and then one of those shower scrapers that you use if you have like a glass shower door. It's like a squeegee. Or which 
probably need to get another one. We also have like a paint scraper, which also works too when it's really bad. And then during winter, there's like a little shovel. You kind of dig at the frozen pill. Yeah, we, we use like an ice <laughs> like an ice scraper sometimes or, or something because in winter it is frozen. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll but you the be wood careful. the these stair treads are easier on the chickens' feet. I think they're more sanitary than the would be, and some people have metal stuff which is not good for your chickens well i think it's sanitary because you're taking them out cleaning them every day well that too that's the but. thing but our chicken coop is also going to last a lot longer because we're not allowing we're, we're protecting it well i we're should working. also paint it because they mess and there's poo on some but you know that's the chicken way but we also have ducks in our chicken house which is annoying but because we had the bad male-female ratio for ducks, and some of the girls who were the favorites were like, I'm not sleeping in this house. Yeah. So they needed to go sleep at a friend's house, so they went to the chicken coop. But it is kind of cute because we have uh, this quad couple of ducks. There's Boston and Cove are the Pekin males, and then there's uh, Hollyfurt and Greystones are the black Indian runners who are the girlfriends and every night the boys drop them off at their house and begrudgingly go back to their house for the night. They are couples. <laughs> it's adorable. They're together every day, the four of them. All day long. <laughs> yeah. I gotta get videos of that because it's, <laughs> it's really cute. But, yeah. It's like Flintstones, kind of, where you have, like, Fred and Barney are these big guys, and they got these tiny, skinny wives. Well, and It's these yeah. big Pekins with these little black Indian runners. It's funny. Cove is, like, one of our OG ducks, too. He's been with us from the beginning. And he and Mayo were a couple, but Mayo is now up front because she's she has a hard time, so. Basically, any duck that... And it's mostly Pekins. That he needed can't a girlfriend. Handle, <laughs> yeah. Any duck that can't handle the terrain or get some kind of problem ends up in, in the front. Yeah. Because it's an easier life. And they can still, instead of forcing them to fight with the hill with a disability, you know, they have a nice, easy place to be. So, yeah. anyway, so I clean up the chicken house, the shelves, the floor most of the stinkies and then I clean up water bowls and refill waters make sure everyone's got hay and then I do another check and then I do pools if pools need to be refilled some of the kitty pools like the larger pools that we've talked about um, we have a protocol for those yeah they're like five feet wide five foot diameter and they're one foot tall she can because Kara is the water police. <laughs> Kara controls when we do those pools. So she, I, I just made a rule. I'll tell you what, I will not open the plug on those ever. So you can open the plug on them when you decide it's time to change that pool. So I never drain any of the pools unless I'm specifically told to do so. Yeah, sometimes I meant to do it the night before and I totally spaced and then I'm like, oh crap, could you yeah. please do that for me? But unless I have a direct permission, I never touch those. And now we have two of them. We can alternate and one of them will be fresh and the other one have like two day old water. So I'll hose those out in the morning, take the cinder blocks out, hose them out. Well, i got to dump the remaining water, of course. Uh, and basically, I'll put the hose in at a low level. I'll, I'll only open up the the sprayer just a little bit and just let it start filling while I do all the other chores. And then I'll come back occasionally and check on it. If, if the hose was, if I turned it all the way on, it would fill too quickly and I wouldn't be done. And I'm bad at checking pools. Yeah. Occasionally I am too. Um, Not you've done it like once or twice. I have forgotten pools multiple times. You got to remember when you when you fill a pool, you got to come back and make sure it doesn't overflow. 
Yeah, and, and the ducks don't care if it's overflowing. They're like, ooh, pool party, yay! Yeah, so it's like <laughs> in New York when a hydrant gets open. But with the larger pools, it's not a big deal. But with the little kiddie pools, they're deceptive. Because <laughs> when you stand there and watch the kiddie pool, it takes forever. But if you walk away and do chores, kaboom, the kiddie pool is full. Yeah. So you got to be careful with those. I forgot. I also have to like stock and make sure the farm shop is good yeah. in the morning. So there's that too. Because if you have a farm, chances are you'll have some sort of little stand or a little... Ours is a shed that was here when we got the house. So I call it... We used to call it the ark. Shed's and, a harsh word. It's a well, building. I mean, technically, it's a shed. But it's nicer than a shed. It's larger and nicer than you're thinking when you yeah. say shed. It's a it's a it's an outdoor nice building. building. It's just lopsided. <laughs> because of course the people that came before us they did not they Something. did not do the anytime you do a building do a compacted gravel pad. Yeah, don't just put it on the ground because ground sinks. Yeah, so so people will just put it on blocks or something, and then it looks great. And then the next year, one of those blocks kind of sinks into the ground. And, yeah, it's just... And there was, when we first moved in, there was a deck attached to it on the side door. And the deck was just, I just saw a lawsuit all over it. So yeah. we got rid of it. Boards were <laughs> curving and popping up. And yeah. It was all I took of... care of some of it until I couldn't do it anymore. And then we hired someone to do it for us. Yeah. And it's, that was a great... <laughs> big project to demolish and so there's a door in the farm stand that opens up to just empty space right no so i blocked it with with stuff so no one can open it yeah there's basically <laughs> tables or furniture in front of that door so no one can because someone definitely no matter what you say either you look them in the eye and say hey there's nothing outside that door you're gonna fall look at <laughs> look at look at me look at my eyes look at my eyes you, you, if you open that door, you personally will fall. There are no steps, nothing out there. Do not open that door. Okay, okay, okay. And then they'll open the door and they'll fall. Yeah. So, so you can Well, it's just it. like, I don't know. Even though there's a self-serve sign right on the door, people get confused when they come for the first time. They're like, where do I go? I'm like, well, obviously you don't go into the fence where the animals are. You go to... The thing that says self-serve. And some of that is communication because they don't live here. And there's a certain amount of, we live here so we know what it is, of course. So we have to make sure our signs are descriptive enough. Well, and there is a sign on the building. So. But we, you had to put that there because people didn't know what to do. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah, big, there's a sign right on the door that says self-serve. Well, as there's they also know, on a, a sign that says, you know, well, I should update that sign, but it... Essentially, is the building where all the stuff is. Yeah, and you're going to have something like that. It, it might not be as much as this, uh, but who knows? Whatever property you buy that you're going to start your farm on, you're going to end up with some way to sell something. To yeah, kind if of... you do vegetables or meats, or but you need like special licenses in each town, so you gotta look that up too. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta do the the work of even with set vegetables. Up. You need eggs, unless you have. I think it's in Maine. If you have over a thousand chickens, then you need a special license to do eggs. But obviously, that won't happen. So Maine is pretty good about regular people doing small farming. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a, a right to grow food in Maine. It's I'll have to do research to actually tell you the specifics, but you can just grow food and sell it in Maine. Well, you need a, a license, but it's only like $5 if you have a small garden. If you're bigger, it's $25. So, I mean, it's reasonable prices, and yeah. you just have to fill out paperwork. For gardens, they don't inspect unless you're like a large operation. And then a bakery, obviously, they'll inspect it once and then you just renew your license. And if something comes up and you have to change something, they'll come out and inspect it and it'll be fine. And 
go about there, your business. There are some states that won't let you just do a garden and sell stuff. Yeah. And that's because in those states, you know, some some guy that was rich and owns a lot of stuff said, I don't want regular people competing with me and got his buddy that he bought, the politician, to put a law in. But in Maine, you can actually just do small farms. So check out your state laws. And yeah. See what they're they are. there for a reason. I mean, yeah. Whether better or worse, they're there for a reason. People don't like to go by the law, but I mean, they're in place for a reason. They. I think safety regulations are there for a reason. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes the laws are there because rich people don't want competition. Well, it depends on what the law is. It, it's case by case. But as far as like things that involve safety and being clean, those are definitely for a reason. Yeah. And Kara has a long history with restaurants. and I'm it, all about abiding the law. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of the regulations that Kara dealt with and throughout her... Code. Yeah, a lot of the regulations that Kara dealt with throughout her career are based upon cooking chicken all the way through. And making sure people don't get sick. So it's or storing your eggs on the bottom shelf, not the top shelf, where if God forbid they break and spill on everything, then everything's contaminated. I mean, and being in a grocery store, if the freaking bagger puts raw meat with vegetables, and just be like, no. Oh my God! Don't get started on baggers. Yeah, that's why I hate. Oh. <laughs> Don't 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 get started on the baggers. Yeah. Kara has a, every single job has a skill to it, including bagging groceries. It's an anxiety attack. Because they'll put stuff in I'm the wrong bag, like, and she gets mad. But, but that's the, why I don't go to a grocery store. <laughs> like we went the other, we went Saturday. I went for the first time in months, I think, and it was very. It was hard. Like we just so you know, Kara is always like one step away from punching the bagger in the face <laughs> and saying, "I will bag my own stuff. Stay away from my groceries." I mean, is that wrong? Can you yes, just be like, "Well, not punch them," but can you just be like, "I will bag my own stuff. Thank you." But we actually switched lanes. Is that what they lanes? Cashiers. Whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. We switched because the bagger in the other lane looked like she was an idiot and it was about to... Oh, no, it wasn't that. She looked incredibly depressed, like she did not want to be at her job. Well, that too, but she also looked like an idiot, so we switched. All right, so like, nope. <laughs> Kara's more harsh than me. I just noticed <laughs> that woman is not happy today. So she, she is... obviously would not care where she bagged anything. Like, she is not interested. <laughs> she is having a hard day, and you see it in her face. Yeah. And then I made a joke about the bagger in the next lane, like, that woman is 20% less depressed than the first one. And then Kara moved our basket over. <laughs> She's like, screw it. I had more confident in this girl than the other one. So just, there we go. Because <laughs> Kara always, she, she's already not a fan of the baggers because there's too yeah. many people that, look, if, you, if you're bagging groceries and you're trained to do it and you're good at it, it's all good. It just flows. And you move a lot of people through the line and... There's no such thing as an unskilled job. Every job needs training. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a job. You know, but but it's just common sense when it comes to bagging. Don't put eggs at the bottom well, of the bag. Don't overload. Like you have, we have these Hannaford bags. If you go to Hannaford, you know what I'm talking about. They're the big bags that fold. And like reusable bags. Yeah, people think they can just load it with all of the things. And they and don't think about matter. how much it weighs. It's like six milks, six half-gallon so, milks, eight peas that are a pound each. And it's just like, uh, no. Let's, let's get back to farming. <laughs> Sorry. Carol will talk I could about go on for days about bagging groceries. <laughs> whole episode. Three episodes. Five episodes about bagging groceries. Uh, just going to the grocery store can be like a five episode. But Kara doesn't want to leave the farm ever. She she wants to stay here forever. So yeah, I was telling some customers I actually left the farm today, and these little kids were just like, 
gave me this look like what? Well, this is it's where not, I mean this you got the whole place set up the way you like it. First, I am way too busy to leave the farm. It's not that I'm a hermit, although we're getting there, but the fact being, I just don't like leaving because what if something happened and I have too much to do. So and this place is set up the way you like it. And you, yeah. your goats are here. Everything you need is here. And you send me out for stuff when you need it. Here's the thing. I, I work a day job and I log in and I work remotely. So after I do my morning, I go up and I, I log in. And I'm sitting at the desk and I'm doing office-y stuff. So I chose that on purpose because I'm Gen X. I, I Even in my 20s, I didn't have any illusion that my generation will be allowed to retire. They'll, they'll, they'll do something to Social Security before I get there, and, and it won't be available for me. There'll be some excuse wrapped around it, but really it's just they took all the money and put it in some, somebody's pocket. You know, So a lot of us just didn't have any faith that we would have Social Security. So I just chose a job that I could do as a really old man and something that didn't require a strong back and original knees. You know, so I end up doing this sit-down work. Meanwhile, she does all this physical stuff for baking, and then she goes out and does all this farm stuff. Just keep in mind that even if you have a day job, what if you got a physical day job? You still got to do all the farm stuff in the morning. And then a lot of people don't have stay-at-home day jobs. They have go-away day jobs. So they got to leave the animals all day. They got to set them up for success in the morning and they'll check them in the evening. And those people don't have any time. Mm -hmm. They're desperately trying to do everything before they leave the house. They go to work, they come back and then they desperately try to put the animals to bed. And in the winter, the daytime is only like, it's less than two hours. (laughs) It's less than eight hours. It's less than the time. It feels like two hours. if, If you have a regular hours job, you will leave the house in the dark and you will come home in the dark in the winter. Yeah, how do you put your animals to bed if you're not home? You so, definitely need a partner of some sort. Yeah, so it, and it's and on the days where she's got uh on, on a bake day, the difference for us is I don't I clean the hotel, the, the front duck house, but I do not clean the duck house and I do not clean the sheep house. It, it, I just don't have time for those because I got to get done by a certain time. I got to get back in the house. I got to get showered, cleaned up. Yeah, if he's delivering, so I clean the I have all to, the houses. I have to drive like an hour away from the farm, or it it depends on a good day when traffic is with you and there's no construction. It could be like forty minutes in some cases from the farm. It depends on the day. Depends on what's going on, but but. Within an hour is our rule for wholesale. So basically, I drive out there, I deliver, and depending upon the timing, if she has a bad day, if we're late, then I got to take my laptop with me and use my phone as a hotspot and attend meetings and work in some other city for half a day and then come home uh, for my lunch break. And all that time, I'm not at the farm. I'm not doing anything here. So I'm, I'm taking off the board for a good chunk of time. And even when I'm working a normal day, she can at least, if there's something important, she can, I can come down and do it and go back to work. You know, but what if you don't have that? What if you don't have remote? Yeah, I, don't, I couldn't even imagine. Like being stuck in the kitchen is hard enough. At least there's windows where I can check on everyone or cameras, but... There's also a spider living in one of our windows, so it's hard to see. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure that out. It's gross, but basically, we're we're lucky enough with all of our troubles. We're lucky enough that we both work from home, but other people don't, and and you might not. So, just I guess the point of this episode is there's a lot of work with having animals, and there's a lot of love and a lot of benefits too. But there's a lot of work you're going to be doing, and and it's not money making work. It's just chores. Yeah, our animals don't make money. They're here because we're doing the nonprofit thing, which our application just went through today. So hopefully, hopefully we'll 
get approval from the IRS. And any <laughs> improvement to the property that we want to do has to happen around the schedule we just described to you. Yeah. So it gets crazy. It's a lot. I mean, what we're doing, what I started is a lot. But there's also a lot of stuff that you can do that checks a box and you're done with it. You know, you, it's not all recurring maintenance. Some things you accomplish and you finish. But now we've got dogs that Finney's are... Finney's going crazy. Finney's going crazy. <laughs> they want their dinner 20 minutes early is the Because problem. they wake up at 4 now. So, of course, they want their dinner early. Because sunset. Sunset is moving up. Yeah, forget about daylight savings. That just throws a whole... If you're in the Northeast, in the summer, you'll do all kinds of stuff, and you'll have dinner, and you'll be ready to go to bed, and then finally you'll put the animals to bed. <laughs> and in the winter, you'll put the animals to bed ridiculously early, and then you'll do all kinds of stuff, and then you'll go to bed. Because sunset is so different here in winter and summer. Yeah, like summer is 8, 8.30 for sunset. Winter is like... Four. So yeah. figure that one out. It's explain, really fun. Explain that to the ducks. <laughs> and it's really fun when the sunset is creeping up and moving through your dinner time and you have to schedule, well, do we eat before we put the animals to bed or after? So we're basically like, I mean, we're, I know, we're old, but we're like, boot, was it boot plate specials now? We're eating at 5.30, so... <laughs> Yeah. Is that what they call it? Early bird special? Early, Early bird, bird special. Yeah. I don't know what blue plate's from. I don't know what the blue plate's All right, so <laughs> we should sum up because the dogs are all active and wanting food, and yeah. it's time to we're done dinner. anyway. <laughs> Farming is hard, okay? Yeah. So have a great whatever you're doing. Bye.